On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irokti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are we? I'm good. Are you in the Christmas spirit yet? Mm-hmm. I am indeed. I am Christmas. indeed. You're yeah. working Christmas Eve, you're saying good. no rest for the wicked. As clearly, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I am as well, so, you know. Ah, there you go. Yeah, both yeah. in the cold both in it together, in it together. Yeah, and yeah, also, uh, look forward, I mean, look. Great rugby as well over the period, great sport generally, so it's never the, it's always an exciting enough time and you get a bit of time off, spend a bit of time with family, recharge the batteries mm-hmm. if possible and then into exam mode, so um, yeah, no, it's good. it'd be a good little period, I'm, I'd be looking forward to getting through it to be honest. Yeah, we've a, well, we've a busy show today, a lot mm-hmm. to talk about, we have the Champions Cup at the weekend, we have my power rankings which as someone pointed out, I again forgot to do last week despite teeing it up early in the show, I... <laughs> Twice now of the four <laughs> weeks, I've just teed it up and just completely forgot you to do it. created a monster. But you see, I've, I've power rankings written side by side here. It's last week's power rankings and this week's power oh, rankings. Oh, I like what you've done I forgot there. to do last week, so okay. I will get to them momentarily. Hopefully, I do remember. <laughs> uh, there's one good tweeter called Fergal who keeps reminding me. Thank you, Fergal. Um, I will try to get to them later. And, but we're going to start first with the training squad that was named yesterday, mm-hmm. or as... The RFU called it a mid-season stock take. Stock take, like yeah. uh, if they could, like as if they're actually st- stock. I suppose well, you could I, generally. I, was, I mean, well, I was going to say it's what, it's what like Leonardo DiCaprio would call it, slaves and Django or something like that. You know, it's. it's I was going to say it sounds very much like a um, flesh for cash an accountant's business. name for like it, it, like in in their whatever Final end of year account, balance sheet, yeah. whatever. Like they're in as. Yeah. Uh, Two, yeah, we have. Yeah. Well, we have. Something. You know, one, two, five. Connacht Stock. men. Yeah, it's like just ticking them off. Yeah. Like, um, but um, you know, it was yeah. an interesting squad. So Andy Farrell named yeah. forty-five players for a twenty-four-hour camp that's taking place over two days, which is kind of like so. It's I guess they're coming in at a certain time. And they leave. do that. No, they've been doing that for a long mm. time. Uh, it's a good idea, and it kind of is a bit of a stock take, really. Uh, I don't have. I'm only joking. I, I think it's. Can I not just call it a training squad? You could easily do whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Like I hope trainings. someone got paid extra for the Tra- other so, name. Someone else's training squad is someone else's uh, <laughs> mid season stock day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, it is an exciting squad. I will say that, and I think that um, you know it's been picked on form, which was mentioned, and it looks like they have done that. And um, yeah, like uh, very positive. You know, lots of Kaylin Doris, these guys in. Um, you know, Larmer uh, in as well, who's been playing very well. Um, I know he's been in generally, but it looks like he's really heating up now and yeah. becoming the player we all hoped he would be. And um, Eight yeah. uncapped players in the squad. That's a good thing. Look, yeah. It looks like it's one that he's probably starting off in the cycle. I mentioned it uh, a few times about, like, what does he do now? Like, if we're trying, if, if there, is the World Cup the ultimate aim, which I think it is, um, they want to get over that hurdle, they want to really be competitive and capitalise on very consistent performances during Joe Schmidt's period and before as well. Like for quite a long time, Ireland have been around the top table. And I think they want to capitalise on that. And I think they're looking at a, probably a squad of people that they're going to that are going to be around for the next four years yeah. and they're going to be competing at the next World Cup. So It's a mix. Uh, no, sorry, there is, yeah. sorry, there is yeah. a mix. And there's always going to be, because you don't want to just throw all these people together 
in one like it's it's like with the young players in the inter you know it's I always thought Joe Schmidt was really good at this when he was in Leinster was he kind of he never really played like fifteen unless he had to fifteen guys that had like fifteen guys who were just coming into the team he always had like maybe four of them in there playing alongside Gordon Darcy or Brian O'Driscoll or Jamie Heaslip or whoever it was. And it's a great way of betting in the talent and kind of getting them on to, to, the, to the next stage in their development. And I suppose in terms of uh, succession planning, I think it's a really good way to, to go about it. But he has, I think the, the bulk of the squad looks like it's actually got a good age profile to me. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. No, definitely. Like it's, it's good to see like, you know, someone like Will Connors, who is probably the least experienced player, yeah. uh, you know, of, of the 45, but has had a really good season. In, the, in some of the more unheralded games, like at the start, when uh, the lads were at the World Cup, and in particular that one in Glasgow, which to win in Scotstoun, you know. How many tackles? It was a crazy amount of tackles. Amount, and, yeah, yeah, no misses like, either. His, yeah. his, you know, his tackling has been, you know, gotten a lot of praise, like a young Dan Lydiot. Um, okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. so he's one I'm, I'm, I'm glad Is to that see something it. you just came up with now, or did you read I that somewhere? I, I can't remember if I, <laughs> if I stole it, or you if just, I came up with it. One you should cite those things yeah well I can't remember who said it if I, if I nicked it References, so yeah by all means someone get in touch with me if I've stolen your intellectual property um, but I'm, I've been kind of saying it enough that I think I've appropriated it go 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 um, yeah, yeah. so he, he was probably one guy I was excited to see in. Yeah. besides that like I think it was more who was left out probably to be fair a lot of people are talking about it's always going to get the headlines like, well. yeah, like yeah. Rob Kearney on 96 caps at this stage it looks like that with his contract up in the summer that that's like probably the end of his international career a big statement to make, I think. Uh, there was probably a good reason why they said stock take. Um, I wouldn't rule him out yet. Like, I actually thought he played uh, some very good rugby in the World Cup. Um, and I actually had been playing some... Like I, I don't think he was part of the problem. Like, there was... You know, look, the attacking side of his game has been... Um, you know, I think he that's probably not the strength of his game and hasn't been for, for quite a while. But I think lots of people will have different views about what you want from your fullback, mm. and they'll want someone that's very solid under high ball. His positional sense is second to none, always has been. Um, and he does. The people like having that at the back. So, like, that might change. Like, one bad game where you can't catch a high ball or you're out of position and the opposition's kicking into into the corners, that could all change for him. Um, and he's still there, thereabouts in Leinster. It looks like Jordan Larmour, to me, is definitely taking a lead. His brother, I think it's between himself and his brother, I think, to get selected because James Lowe and Jordan Larmour will always start, I think. Um, and then you have Fergus McFadden in the mix as well. I think between those those three will probably take that other slot, um, depending on form and who's playing well. At the moment, that's Dave Carney, who I think is playing excellent rugby. So, um, yeah, it's a challenging time for him. Like These are always difficult periods in your career where yeah. when you get to the end and you're kind of saying, well, like I'm, I still feel like I can add value. And I suppose he's got to show that on the pitch now because Andy Farrell looks like he's going to be picking purely on who's playing the best at the moment. And for Rob, like he won't be playing much over the Christmas period because I think the lads have to take two weeks off of the three matches. So he'll only probably get one opportunity to, to maybe show himself. Yeah. And then you're back into Europe where, he, to be fair, he might feature in one of those games because the pool is wrapped up for Leinster. Um, but... Like I'm surprised you you, you you don't think it's over for him because it just the, the circumstances of it like it's Andy Farrell's first squad. There's 45 players picked, so it's kind of like one for everyone in the audience almost. There's only a handful of guys who I'll get to in a minute as well. One or two others who are kind of maybe on the outside. Yeah, but in. like I don't know. So maybe his situation is different. But like how about Jack Hardy? Like I mean, how does he feel about being? He hasn't know? been playing well either. Since he, he come back from, but the that, World that's Cup, sorry, yeah. that's my point yeah. is that he might he might end up like Rob has always been in excellent shape. Mm. Um, he's a very fit guy naturally as well. So uh, look, as I said, I wouldn't rule him out. Yeah. I don't think it looks good for him. I think the age profile probably doesn't help. But then there's guys like Johnny Sexton there as well, who's the same age. So um, now in terms of importance to the team, there's obviously a, a difference there. But these things change with how with op, with the team you're playing against. Um, and, and I just would be slow to to say. This is it. Right. I, I normally don't mind putting nail in my colours to the mask, but I don't actually believe it. So um, uh, let's just hold fire on yeah, that one and just see enough. how he... Because I, th- I actually, as I said, I actually think he's been playing very well. He's always kept himself in very good shape. And he's a big game player. I've always said that about Rob. Um, you know, so um, yeah, let's see how that pans out. But uh, he'll be very disappointed. And I think right, like he, he will be disappointed because these, mo- these are kind of big moments. At this stage in his career, you kind of... Ideally, everyone always gets to play out their last game in yeah. the Aviva Stadium, but that's not how it works out for the majority of people. So, um, well, it's like yeah. a fifty-foot head below Driscoll, you know, when he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Driscoll hated that. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure he loved it secretly. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm worried about, but like, look, Drico is our best ever player. So, look, there's always going to be that. But um, 
yeah, there was a bit of hysteria around his, uh, yeah. his him leaving the scene. There probably well, he won't had be like a Kobe Bryant style full season of kind of goodbyes at that every venue. That might be a little bit too much to expect. Like there was, an, yeah, there was the Ireland goodbye. There was the Leinster goodbye. There was one the Ireland Hall again goodbye. That was the year previous. The so one more year was the year previous. He had a, he was a Kobe Bryant, Derek Jeter uh, style, elongated. He was, he was. But he, yeah, as you say, you he's know, our best ever. So look, but then to, to move on to another player, then Sean Cronin. Like Rob Carney, 33 years old. Now, he has been injured, but there's a few guys in this squad who... He's barely played well. Yeah, but there's a few guys... In the, but this is just a stock take. It's, it, apparently, they won't even be doing much training. It's just more of an eye, like... Andy. Yeah, but those guys will already know. So they, they'll already know the setup. There's nothing... Like, like. I can't see him completely reinventing the wheel. There'll be a few new coaches in there and that, but I honestly think that, like... I wouldn't be ruling Sean Cronin out either, for no, sure. But he, you know? He's named four hookers. Like, would he, would, like, why isn't Sean Cronin there? I would just, say like, Aaron Keller has a broken hand and he's there. Yeah, but I think Sean Cronin, like, so that neck injury for a prop, like, you know, or for a, sorry, not a prop, for a front row, they're all the same to me, right? <laughs> clearly. Uh, no, but like, I, I would say they would have seen that as a good opportunity for him to go and get some prop, like, just to, to rest up. He's got a bit of training block. He might get a game or two in this little period because he didn't play much during the World Cup. Like, that'll be an easy sell for him to say, lads, surely I don't come under that bracket of, and I've been injured as well, of like taking the two weeks off of Christmas. That can't be a hard sell to say, listen, I need the game time and I want to get the neck, you know, be be at home, be in the setup. I wouldn't be worried about it for him that, particularly. Because he's still so athletic. That will. theory is good, but there'll be plenty of players here who will be involved on Friday, I suspect, or on Saturday for Munster and Leinster and Ulster. And yeah, yeah. Maybe, and, maybe they, and they're in the squad and Conan isn't. Yeah, look, I, I sense that you feel the other way about it. Yeah. I don't. I yeah. feel like he still is. Uh, he still has a lot of value to add, you know. But um, Great, very good player. But just I'm reading the reading between the lines. He wasn't very popular with the last setup. Andy Farrell's come in and hasn't picked him in the first squad. He or the first. Yeah, but I, I I'd be surprised that because remember John Fogarty's going to be in there now. Like I think Greg Feeks had a bit of a thing with with Sean Crown, and he used to always talk about his scrummaging, mm. scrummaging ability. I think I can talk about that now. Yeah. Um, like absolute garbage. Like Leinster scrum was smashing everyone. Like like Sean, that was like he used that. He always used that as the differentiator between Sean and Rory when he was dropping him. Um, I don't know. There's ten scrums in a game. Like it's pretty important. But I would say your your locks and your 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 props are <laughs> pretty important there. You know. So look uh, look that might change under John Fogarty. He knows what he brings to the table. And now he'll also know the young guys. He'll know, um, you know, Ronan Keller and these guys very well. So I'm sure he'll have had some input into that area. I would be surprised if um, Farrell uh, leaves Sean Cronin out because I just think he's so athletic and he's been so good for Leinster. Um, I think he's got very limited opportunities with Ireland, but he could be the best choice for them, um, you know, particularly in the next couple of Six Nations. And he might actually, I would say, I'd be very disappointed for him if this wasn't his opportunity to get out from under that coaching staff mm. and uh, and actually have a fresh start with, with, with the team. So uh, I wouldn't rule him out particularly. I just yeah. think he's so athletic still for his age, Will. Like, you always, like, when you look at players, you look at, it's the dynamism, it's the little bit of bounce in the step, it's the yard that you lose that really kind of, that, that, that always signals the end of your career. I don't see any of that with Sean Cronin. Um, so I think that'll probably be... like I, 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 You can see him playing a part is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, so he's another guy who needs a big December and January. And then the, the kind of the third kind of eye-catching one, no Jordy Murphy in the squad either, which yeah. unless there's an injury that we aren't privy to, but it doesn't appear that... Yeah, he's been excellent yeah, for Ulster. He's, yeah, been, he's yeah. done everything that's almost been asked of him and yet... The first, like I don't know, I haven't counted up how many back rows, but you have Deegan, Connors, and Doris all there, and Jordy Murphy not in the squad. It's a bit unusual. I would, I would have thought. I think so as well, Will. But yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I'm not privy. I just yeah. don't. I don't know. That one seems unusual to me. He's a starter for Ulster in a team that have been going very well, top of their group, um, in a, in a tricky group as well. I know Bath have been underperformed, but Quinns are a tricky enough outfit, and they beat them very well. Um, in the second game, now I know it was tied up in in, in um, Kingspan, but he was excellent at home against uh, himself and Kutsia were brilliant at home against um, Claremont. You know, mm. so um, that'll be interesting to see how, how that one pans out as well. Obviously, his age profile is still pretty good. So twenty eight, yeah, he's not the young. You'd expect him, brother. yeah, you'd expect him to play a part definitely within yeah, this I, 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 like, There must be an injury that we're not privy. To. Like, there's no way he'd be behind Connors, Deegan, and Dara. Like Doris, to be fair, is playing eight specialist position, but in terms of Deegan and Connors, maybe like there's no way Murph, Murphy wouldn't be in there. Sure, maybe he, he, maybe he prefers them. Maybe he prefers. Yeah, maybe. There's like you just don't know. Like yeah. at the end, of, at the end of the day. 
we need more data on Farrell's squads to figure out who he kind of prefers, what kind of players he likes. Mm. He might be, with, a def- with his defensive background, he might look at things like, I don't know, tackle completion and... Will Connors. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Will so he might just he might see something like that. He might go, oh, I love that. That's what I want from my seven. I just want to hunt. like I just this guy is an absolute nightmare. He's going to terrorize teams. Mm. He's going to be our leader defensively, um, and he might see like I I always look at Jordy. I think he's great. At, he's kind of very good at everything. Um, one of those kind of players. I do. I feel like he has a standout thing. Probably not, mm. but I think he's very good at lots yeah. of things. Um, you know, excellent carrier, good ball handler, good reader of the game, good tackler. Um, you know, good in the line out. I think as well. Over he always, yeah, like he's good over the ball. Um, is he outstanding in anything? Um, I probably don't think that about him, but I think he's an excellent rugby player. Yeah. So Farrell might say, "Well, my seven, I want him to be a pure specialist." Like he might have Josh Van der Fleer, just love that. Just go right, hundred percent tackle completion. Got to slow down the ball. Am I going to get much out of him in attack? Probably not. Mm. But I love that about him. So let's just wait and see. Let's. I wouldn't be ruling anyone out off the back of this stock take, um, but I would be yeah. definitely, it'll give us a bit of insight into maybe what he's looking for. And another member of the 33-year-old Begrade who got in is Devon Toner, who obviously, you know, needed to say, was made from the World Cup squad. He's back in at the first available opportunity, which is interesting. Um, but it also shows that he's still part of the, part of the plans anyway. I didn't find that interesting at all. I just thought that was sensible. Yeah. Yeah. He's been playing really well. No, it's just interesting. He's been playing well for yeah. ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has been playing really well. For, I actually think he's coming into like a real, a really good part of his career. Second row is often, they hit this kind of stage between yeah. kind of 34 and 38 where they're still class. Mm. Do you know that kind of, you know? Paul O'Connell, and guy, Donica Ryan. Yeah, like I mean, until they get an injury or something and it really, it becomes hard to, to kind of get, you know, when you get a little bit older, the injuries can take a bit, uh, like more of a toll on you. But Dev has been relatively injury free his whole career. Um, and he's such a big guy, like, you know, I I don't know like his ankles and his feet were probably things he'd say oh maybe keep an eye on that Dev but everything else yeah. you know because he's jumping up and down yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. and stuff in terms of wear and tear you think those things but he's had so few injuries so I, I think that's a good selection um, I think he's got lovely skills I think his tackle completion when he's on form is very good I think his line out ability like he's very cool head and smart guy like I think we saw how much they missed him in that facet of the game. Just a calming influence. Um, it, if he has lots of young hookers and he's thinking of picking lots of these young hookers, someone like Dev would be a very calming influence for them and a good caller. Um, so that to me just made sense. It was common sense. And in terms of the actual kind of camp itself and for Andy Farrell, it's his first chance, I guess, to address the squad as a squad, as the head man. You know, from your experience at these kind of camps or even when you meet a new coach for the first time, like what... What could we expect, you know, that to play out like, do you think? Well, see, I think the the setup with Joe, I think he'll probably look to change a few things. Um, but I would say there's a really good basis for a very organized, a very, you know, clear thinking um, and a good way to get messages across. Like, if you, like you, one thing I, I always remember, Paul O'Connell was on the show and he was saying, Joe, like, he's, he was an English teacher. Mm. He's a brilliant speaker. Like, I would expect Andy Farrell, like, the way Joe conveys messages, I'm not sure there'd be a huge change in that. I think Andy Farr was also, was always excellent at that anyway. Um, so he'll be able to rally the squad around what he thinks is important. And there's no doubt about that. Um, whether it's the right stuff that he's focusing on, it, it would probably become clear as as the, the team kind of have more games to, or have some games together. But I would expect that, like, like Mike Cat will be an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's very nice, very, you know, he'd be a really nice foil, I think, for um, uh, for Andy Farrell, who'd be kind of tough as nails and that. Now, I think very good as well and a nice guy, but that might have to change as the head coach a little bit. I think Mike Cat will be a brilliant balancing or counteract for that, you know, and he'd be lovely for, for guys to talk to about the game. And he's a clear thinker and he's he's a bright guy as well. Mike, look, when you talk to Mike Cat about the game, um, I always find him very interesting. So I would Do you have experience lo- talking to yeah, him? Yeah, because we've just, just kind of bumped into him doing lots of different things. Um, and he's a cracking bloke as well. So uh, I think he'll have a big impact. And I think he'll probably learn lots, lots from the setup as well. You know, I don't think the, the blueprint that Ireland have had under Joe, like I think there's a real, there's, you always want to build on what's gone before, particularly if it's been successful and it's been consistently successful, bar the World Cups, right? And my view on that is only the last one was a real, like 2015 actually wasn't that bad. It was just we had loads of injuries, but 2019 was definitely a poor one, right? But 
there's a basis there to, to build on something really good um, and just find little spaces where you say, well, look, we could do this better. Maybe we won't control the setup as tightly. Uh, you know, maybe we'll be, you know, we'll have more ideas coming in from different places. There are probably some things he might decide to change. But other than that, I'd be building on what Joe's already done because I think he's got a really good for yeah, um, keep the good of, stuff. And maybe I think he's tweet, got a good foundation there, the Will. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Like, well, if, from the outside looking in, I would be surprised if they didn't make it a little a little looser or a little less kind of. Yeah, yeah. Bare, well, I think that know, would probably I'd, come with the personalities yeah, anyway. Like, so, so you're going to have people who are like that, yeah. and you're going to have people who are, you know, who are going to want to lead in different ways. Like, I. It's funny, like everyone's kind of sticking the boot into him now, but he's so good. Like, there is loads of things that you'd be saying. Like, there's no way Andy Farrell goes into that setup going, like, oh, I'm just going to completely rubbish all the stuff. Like, he went into that relationship with Joe, probably he would have asked around and known what the guy was like. Mm. But there's no way he didn't go into that thinking, I'm going to learn so much from this guy. And there's no, I think once it's over now, there's no way he's said to himself, well, it's, I'm just going to rubbish all that stuff because there's loads of really great stuff that Joe does. So, uh, expect him to build on lots of stuff and try and put a bit of a flavour um, around some of the different areas. I'd say, I'd expect my cat maybe to be a lot different to what um, to what Joe was. So maybe expect maybe a slightly different shape and some new ideas from the backs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, I'd, I'd, I would see, I'd see it as a really exciting new chapter. And yeah. I think the guys will as well. He's a he's a great speaker, great motivator. Yeah, so a great man to get a speech from. from yeah, exactly. Lines, so like, uh, he'll, d- d- like there's no way they won't be like if you can't get up for a pre-match speech by Andy Farrell, there's something wrong with your ticker. To be honest yeah. with you, so um, I'd say I'm really excited to see what they can produce. Um, it's a very short period of time. He's got like what is it, two days and probably one week before the first game in the Six Nations. Mm. But um, I suppose if anyone can do it, it's Andy Farrell. Well, yeah, as you said, exciting when the first squad comes in. You can see what a little bit of his thinking. Um, and then just yeah. la- one last thing before we get into the Champions Cup games, uh, Johnny Sexton obviously was linked to a surprise move to Leon, which has uh, has been nipped in the bud pretty quickly. But it was still interesting nonetheless that there was apparently you know advances from Leon. I don't know why he'd want to go there. As far as I said, you know, they're absolutely shite. But uh, <laughs> um, the money probably would have been good. Um, but that, that'll be that'll be correct, Will. That, yeah. That'll be your your one and only reason. Yeah. Um, but it was still kind of interesting that it, the prospect of it. I just thought, yeah, oh, you know, remember O'Connell had agreed to go at the end of his career, and maybe I wonder if part of Johnny, like the only because the World Cup notwithstanding, the only kind of part of his career that wasn't, you know, success. Like he didn't have a good two seasons in France. He didn't really do himself justice over there. I think he did quite well. But the injuries really curtail things for him. Like that head knock, those, those, uh, I think he got a HIA and whatever, he got another one that meant he'd had a certain amount. That was the second season, though. Even the first season, like they didn't go. But they did well enough in the first season. They got to, they didn't they qualify? I think that was, I sorry, I don't think it could, it could be classed as a complete failure. No, I'm not saying it was a complete yeah. failure, but yeah. like, you know, by his high standards at club level, where he's only had a handful of poor seasons in his career, they were two of them. Yeah, no, look, yeah. and it was difficult. It's a difficult environment there. They're very unforgiving when things aren't going well. And if yeah. you're paying someone that amount of money yeah, and he's not playing... they're putting the boot into him. Favorite, I think, uh, they were, they were, you know, and he probably didn't help himself in, in, in lots of respects. But, um, and, well, sorry, not that he didn't help himself. I think they're very difficult over there to get your head around them. Like, it's difficult to understand how they kind of react to things and, you know, how they like to play the game and their kind of preparation. Um, like he said, there was a huge difference between some members of the squad who were like completely overtraining, loved, like just loved it. And then there was a whole cohort who were just like kind of cruising along, doing crazy long sessions, all the unprofessional. That stuff wouldn't sit well with anyone. So like it was a difficult chapter. Off the back of that, I'd be pretty surprised if he actually went back there. Yeah. Do you know, like I don't think, like if you're putting that, like Johnny's life and soul is rugby. Yeah. That's all he does. All he take, bar the kids and the family, like that's what he does is rugby. Put up funny Instagram stories of his children. <laughs> yeah, but that's all he does. Like, sorry, he's all about yeah. the rugby. He always has been. So, oh, I would be very surprised if he um, if he decided to go back down to a place where he felt like the commitment levels and the understanding about how to be professional is probably questionable in most of the clubs down there. Yeah. Um, they might say, like, look, sorry, they have no basis because they have no. They they haven't won anything, and they have the, probably the best resources of any of any country in the world, nearly. And they still they, they haven't won anything in ages. They've been terrible internationally. Their clubs barred that Toulon team that just pretty much they just splashed loads of, loads of cash. So off. And they had team. they had the nah they were an unbelievable <laughs> team, but they had you know they basically Johnny Wilkinson, uh, Mackie 
Bastrop. Yeah, ba- and, and then I don't know who was in the fourth, but Back they all ran, Dali, they all ran yeah. the, the sessions. You know? Smith, yeah. So I don't think they have any real basis to so, like to say, well, we think we do it better than you because they just don't. They don't have the best resources, and they, and they, do, they do the worst based on the on the resources. So. Uh, on that basis, why would Johnny Sexton go back there? Like he doesn't. He likes to be professional. He likes to have a well thought out game plan. He likes to have, you know, everyone on everyone in the whole setup working towards something and knowing that everyone is checking body fats. Everyone is checking how much you're running. They have a brilliant medical setup. I don't think he wants to move at this stage. I think he feels like he is a good chance where he is now. The way he's treated in terms of get time on pitch to actually make that next World Cup. I genuinely believe he thinks he can make that. Mm-hmm. Um. And still be the number one at that stage. So, uh, on that, like, I just think, I, I, I don't think he can go there if he thinks that. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it was an interesting. Just it, it was very yeah. interesting. Sorry, I, I actually to, only to caught wind of it. it. Yeah. Like, look, I'm sure the money. Like, you, you get to a stage. Like, I think the probably re- the real consideration for someone like him is probably, well, can I make it to the next World Cup or not? And if you think if he thinks he can, where's the best place to be? And that's Leinster, and he still gets very well paid here, like for an extra. Like say they were going to pay him an extra four or five hundred k a year, that's very like that that would cause you to have a little think, but I'd say he might think well maybe I I take another year off my career by being there, mm. and look if if in two years I know I'm not getting in the Irish team because they think my you know I'm too old or whatever it is, well, maybe I go then yeah. like do a Dan Carter on it or yeah. whoever it is like that that's probably your blueprint isn't it Yeah no definitely no the the option would still be there he's still it, the number one here you yeah. know in the best probably first or second best club in Europe yeah no definitely. Um, so on that I will move on to the European action I'm going to unveil my top 20 which I've been putting well, off for weeks I know you're getting for this one but I'm, I, I want to preface this by saying you know, outside of maybe the bottom three there's a cluster of like 10 teams who are all as Fran I would say absolutely shite who like, like so there's a team there's a team that I've put ninth who have just been pumped twice by Leinster by dint of the fact that they'll probably sneak an eighth an eighth spot in the quarters just because of the way that the pool is that yeah have you really given that yeah, I, I have, have really given that have you yeah. given it a good Northampton have the best pathway probably to sneak an eighth seed two like, bonus points yeah if they if they you know if they have they play Leon and Benetton to finish up but where they play Leon away away in the last game but Leon sure will have lost At home the, like, but they're they they're nothing to play they're for they're too leaky in the fence Northampton. Anyway, so anyway, go on, go on. Keep 20 going at the Ospreys, one of the, the worst teams to compete in this tournament. And they had a good weekend, though, didn't they? A relatively they had, they had a decent they were, weekend. They competed, at least. Bath, 19th. 18th, Leon. 17th, La Rochelle, who actually had a good win in Glasgow in a bizarre, bizarre game. 16th, Sale. 15th, Benetton. 14 Quints. 13, Montpellier. 12, Connacht. 11, a little bit. Sorry, 15, Benetton. 14, Quints. 13, Montpellier. 12, Connacht. 11, Glasgow. 10 Gloucester, 9 Northampton. I dare to come the dredge. Now we're getting to the to kind of the good teams. 8 Munster, 7 Ulster. I've dropped Racing down to 6th. Really? 5th Claremont, 4th Saracens, 3rd Toulouse, 2nd Exeter, 1st Leinster. Exeter 2nd with no pedigree really. Because they're going to get a second spot. It'll be Leinster 1, Exeter 2. Oh, you're basing on okay, it's all a, right. As I yeah, said, yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a double. That's tricky though because like every there's different groups and different standards in different groups. But um yeah, okay. Because they'll have a good path to to having a good crack at the story. If Saris get through, they're the they're the best team, I think. If so judging by having crunched the numbers extensively, if if the if the final two weekends kind of go- Are you just doing it on who you think is going like as in It's form and who I think is going to win weighted equally. To produce this top twenty ranking. Okay, so that's what you're attributing the weights to on your. Sorry, the eggheads upstairs. I I merely <laughs> deliver. And <laughs> you really? I okay. merely deliver the findings of the eggheads. Fine, fine, okay. But we'll leave the, the. I will say, having crunched the numbers, if the last two weekends go pretty much as we suspect, with no major upsets, there's a strong possibility it'll be Exeter as a second seed and Saracens as a seventh seed. So it'll be Exeter, Saracens, and Sandy Park in the quarterfinals. And given like Exeter are pretty good against them there though, aren't they? And given they've beaten their, them regularly you know, enough the there, salary cap stuff and what the Exeter chairman's been saying, that will be absolutely a ripper. Yeah, that'll be a great game. And like both like great teams. Like look, Saris are are the are probably still the best team. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd agree. Like I, that's sorry, I, I'm not doubting because I haven't looked at who will go. Th- I just. I have a good idea. I know from talking to the, or sorry, from being at the game at the weekend that Northampton have to be, but like, <sighs> there's going to be, a, a, they have to get two bonus points. Like, there'll be, to be, honestly, that's a big ask, I think. Uh, like, they mightn't even have to get two. They might only need one. They might only need yeah. one, really. Like, Nor- 18 Nor- Northampton, gets... Gloucester. So it'll be 18. Sorry, Northampton, yeah, yeah. Gloucester, and Glasgow are probably the three teams fighting for that last spot. And like, like Glasgow just lost at home to La Rochelle. Like, you know, yeah. You know, Gloucester have lost three matches already and they're still, you know, in the hunt. Uh, 
Like Leinster are probably going to be the one seed if you know you'd expect them to finish it out. They'll have a very handy quarter final in the Aviva. Yeah, you think so? Like, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. from there, obviously in the semi and the final, they'll have difficult opponents. But Do you imagine they saw Northampton? Again? I'd like to smash Northampton if they oh, saw them. I don't want to play Northampton it's again. Like boring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll start with that game. You were there uh, working for Channel Four. Yeah. You are a TV whore going on every channel that will take you. Whoring around, Will. Uh, you um, and Dylan Hartley had a you know a good bromance going, you were telling me? Yeah, nice guy. Very nice guy. You're always he did, he didn't like gouge you or bite you or headbutt you or anything? No, I was ready for, for all that, Will. Um, <laughs> no, he was a really nice fella, actually. Because um, sometimes, you know, that's the one thing about professional rugby. You don't always get to actually mingle with all the guys afterwards. And look, I suppose you see the disciplinary record and you're always a bit like, I wonder what that guy's actually like. Because yeah. you'll have guys in your change room who you come up who are just, you know, they're fairly rough and ready. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure in other change rooms, they'd be like, that, what's that? I hate that guy. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But actually, when you know the person, uh, you, you just, they're they're actually great. They're usually the top, they're really, really popular guys in your own change room. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised to 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 find out. And I asked a few people just, you know, I was, I've asked few, along the, the journey at different things. You now, I remember asking Leo Cullen about him. He said, yeah, actually really nice fella. You know, uh, they got chatting. At, you know, when the captains all do the promo, the promo yeah. for... Could have been a European Cup. I would assume it was European Cup. And he said, actually, yeah, lovely fella. So uh, that was how it transpired as well. You know, nice to talk to, interesting to hear what he's getting up to kind of um, since he's retired. And um, yeah, it was an enjoyable game. Like, look. It was over after five minutes. It was over, yeah. Like, was ring hours with two tries after six minutes. Yeah, like once it was a 17 nil after seven, like 17 minutes or something. No, it was not even 17. It was like was 10 it, minutes. Was yeah. it 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah, whatever it was. I was, I look. It was good to see some of the young guys play well. Uh, you'd have to wonder, you'd hope they don't get big heads around how bad, because like, that was a really poor Northampton. Well, they had made a lot of um, changes anyway, like, you know. Once we, like, I think yeah. against Leinster, as soon as you can't compete in the pack, you're in big, big trouble. Um, they'll pick you apart. They've got too much quality all over the pitch. But the pack are just, they're a nightmare. They're a nightmare to play against because you have all these guys coming on on the, on the bench. We're all going to be... There's, if they're not an international already, they're a future international. Um, it just it doesn't stop with them. It's just relentless at the moment, and they look like they're an absolute juggernaut at the moment. Mm. And I just thought it was interesting to hear like I, Premiership clubs. Some they're a bit delusional about you know they talk about the league and all that kind of stuff, and they moan about kind of Leinster not having to play their first team. But there was loads of guys there who. I had Lencher's first team. No. Or, you know, I would some do, of the guys yeah. came off the bench anyway. But they were kind of new into the yeah, Lencher yeah, yeah. team. They weren't at the World Cup and they still smashed them. Smashed them. So there's a gulf in class at the, at the moment and I think Saris are probably the only team. And Exeter as well Exeter, are probably uh, pretty close. But I think, uh, you know, Lencher looked like they're, they're head and shoulders above the rest at the moment, particularly when they're, they're, they're full, like when Johnny Sexton's back. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. As you mentioned there, like kind of the Leinster's two teams are now competing so strongly. I was just looking at their fixture list earlier and considering the possibility of a perfect season. So they've won 11 out of 11 thus far. They'd have to go 32-0. and 0. <laughs> uh, They're a third of the way there. Really. They're a third of the way yeah, there. It's just such a well, sensation. Uh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just asking. Uh, I'm, just, asking I'm just here question. to ask the questions. So <laughs> they would obviously have to win the double, which is a possibility, you would have to say. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then you have, I think, four tricky away fixtures. Munster away and Stevens say, albeit that'll be two weakened teams because the international final let play in it. Leinster's weekend team is better than Exactly, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. They have to go to Bloemfontein to play the Cheaters, which is a tough away game. They have Ulster away in the last game, and they have the Scarlets away as well, but the Scarlets are only half the... Like, so Leinster, I, I actually think it's not... It's a, it's a ridiculous thing to say, So, but we'll park it for now. I'm glad you said that but rather than me. I, I, just, I just want it to be on the record that it's been talked about by someone. <laughs> by so someone, does, someone, so, so, someone had the balls yeah, to mention so if, it. If they lose to Munster <laughs> on the 28th of December, we don't have to talk about it again. But if they, if they go a perfect unbeaten season, let it be said that I was the one who crunched well, the fixture list. You get the credit. You uh, note it down there. It's in the transcript now. But it's just as you say, like they have those two teams that they can't... Like The win in Glasgow was kind of like that's the kind of game that they could. That's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and they won that one over in um, in Benetton as well. That's. A, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's become a really tough place yeah. to go. They're a good team now and well coached. So, yeah, look, there is like you're always going to ask these questions. I think. Um, You'd nearly rather it wasn't kind of built. It's not something that's kind of building, you know. You'd rather just have lost one where no one's yeah. talking about because these things can become. Oh yeah, if I've a noose around your neck. Like, look at Golden State Warriors. Remember yeah. they had that unbelievable season, like yeah. best ever season, and then they lose in seven against the Cavaliers. Remember that comeback? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, they have these things always in sports. You know, 
Uh, and didn't the, the Patriots do it one year? They had a perfect they season the and then lost to Denver, wasn't it? They lost to the Giants, yeah. Neil oh, Manning. the Giants, yeah, was it? Yeah. Sorry, Giants. Sh- okay. Giants, Demon Fan, I might say. He loves saying that, isn't yeah. he? Um, but yeah, no, so it, it's. Uh, I might go into Paddy Power and ask him to make me a bespoke Make bet. me a price. Make yeah, me a price. Give me a price, a bespoke <laughs> price for this 32-0. First ever yeah. in the history. Sorry, the Crusaders won a Super Rugby title. But that's that's different. What's that, 14 games? Yeah, it's different. And it, it's not like you're having to change Probably between two squads actually, as well. Yeah, like yeah. So it, it's slightly different. But just looking at the fixture 15, list, sorry, it's still, but like they're going to win all their pool matches, unless barring a major shock. Then, like, you know, they have a one seat. They'll probably be at home in the quarter and the semi-final. Then they obviously have a tough Champions Cup final. And then in the Pro 14, there'll be a one seat there, home semi-final, a neutral venue for the final. So I actually think it's... it's the Saracens, I think, are still the best team in the competition in um, in the Champions Cup. But they'll have a very tough quarter-final is the only thing. Like, obviously, if they win that, they're back in the hunt big time. Like, and it, it, actually, if they well, were... I, I know, are they likely to get through, Will? They Still, are, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, they, if they win their last two games, they they have Ospreys and Rassing at home. If they win those two, they're into the quarterfinals. Well, Rassing, Rassing will be trickier than like they have been in yeah. previous years. No, so, it will. Like, but like Saracens at Allianz Park have very. They've only lost one match there in European rugby ever. Yeah. So, no, sorry, they're they're a better yeah. team. But like that'll be. I don't think that's a foregone conclusion, is it? It's not. No, no it's no, not. No, no. Well, it depends what Rassing would have to play for. Like the, the, the possibility that Rassing, if they beat Munster, would already have the the one seed or their top pool wrapped up. Yeah. So. You know, they mightn't have anything to play for other than a higher seed. Higher seed which so that's pretty important. It though. is, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Fr- yeah, I don't know if the French would be too interested. But anyway, we'll park the perfect season talk for the moment. Let's just say, let's just say that it's, someone, it's on the record. Someone's the put it on the record. That's, that's someone all was brave to enough said. to do it. Fair um, and speaking of Saracens, obviously that return fixture at Munster, they had their full strength team out. Mm. For a long period, it looked like they might be beaten. It was it was ten three I think uh, or was it ten sorry it was six, six, three. six three excuse me up to sixty minutes or yeah. something was it Jay? They scored two tries and two, like Vinopola drew in three tacklers and then like octopus offloaded it. It's it's their biggest strength is those big players like if you're a big player and you're a, you know a physical specimen it's I always thought that with Sean O'Brien like he had great hands as well like it makes it's such a it's such a like any young forwards out there like if you if you if you're strong if you're a good carrier. Don't ever forget to develop that part of your game because that's the for for me. And you look at great forwards; they always have the ability to do both. And it really like because people would be picking you out all week. They'd be like that blue scrum cap, Sean O'Brien. You see that you absolutely hoe into it, and you'll have extra guys committing to just smash him, just yeah. to put down a marker. If you can all of a sudden like Billy Vinopola, boom! Like the, one of those passes, it makes all he the is difference. So good. Yeah, he's excellent. When he's on form, he's really, really great to watch as well. He's very enjoy like he's a nightmare to play against, obviously, but he's great to watch. Yeah. Yeah, the two of them are. So the two they're brilliant players. What did you make of the kind of the way the game unfolded in general? Like because obviously Munster had a good few opportunities. Like they, you know, they, they opted for the three points in the first half when they were camped in the line. They probably had space out wide and they insisted on, you know, keeping it tight and in the second half. They somehow came away with a penalty from that incident with the doctor and the and the melee and the bra. But, sorry, okay, we'll talk about that after I assume. But uh, yeah, look, I, I look, I don't, I never mind against a really good team taking the points. Yeah. Yet they they turned down the kickable penalty at the end to get a losing bonus point. That wasn't smart, but I I th- I think. Uh, you know when you're sorry I'm talking about more you were talking about the, no the, I know the, the, I'm the previous. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. but I, I think take the, I would always take the points you know yeah. and it looks like sorry as things have transpired that doesn't look like a good decision now not to have taken the three points well, and the bonus it, points it's you kind know? of like the, you know when they say when you're playing a, a really good team away from home against Saracens you're not going to beat them with three pointers no, you're probably not. But like, if you get the bonus point, you're like, yeah. they, they would have like, the, if you look at the head to head, you're kind of saying, okay, well, look, what's happened head to head? Now they the problem for Munster is they have that game against Racing, which has really been a problem for them. Yeah. Um, well, that's if, their if knockout. They, if they if they lose to Racing next round, they're out. Yeah, but like, if you look at it now, if they had won that one, uh, then they take they definitely take the kick and they take the losing bonus point against Saracens. Yeah. And they're like, you're in really good shape then. Um, but look, they put themselves under pressure. They obviously feel like La Defense is a better chance of the, um, of, of kind of over turnover or or, or uh, you know beating Racing. So yeah. that'll be that's that's a big statement to make. They're Racing are pretty good at home. Yeah, it's a good good pronunciation of the stadium. La Defense. Yeah. I prefer you, Arena. Yeah, the incident with the doctor was a bizarre one, wasn't it? I thought people came out very strongly on it. Like who the uh, Saracens coaches or everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I didn't think it was as big a deal. Like look. Jesus, we're like we're grown. Like it's it's the PC culture now is just kind of it's a disaster. I think it's a, mm. and this poor guy is a doctor, and I feel like it'll be 
it could be something that could be used against him, like to really harm his job, you know, I, I, which I think yeah. is a bit much. Like, and I, I can just see the PC Brigade getting on this one going, yeah, you can't call someone fat. Like, I think it's going to die a, down now already. Like, Yeah, well, I hope it has because it's it's a bit of a nothing event to me. Like, Yeah. It, it, it was a it was a bizarre kind of oh you called me fat like who cares like we're, do you know what I mean he is pretty fat as well <laughs> no but he, do you know what I mean I, I just mean like people are just so sensitive about all this stuff now like I, I and I think there's a real opportunity for people to hoe into him and I don't know I hope it's just not I hope it's not he's, he's, I'm sure he's a good bloke he's obviously a big monster fan as well because he was into the game um, I hope this just blows over yeah no, yeah, like he doesn't deserve to be like raked over the coals. He does deserve to be, I'd say, yeah, I'd a touchdown someone, ban so, for a match or two. Like something, I'd, something like, like yeah. that would be fine. Where you just say someone, like he gets a letter going. Listen, you know, you're expected to, you know, I don't know, comport yourself. <laughs> the doctor kind of should be getting in the faces of players. Like, but he didn't. He walked by him and just said, nah, "Oh, they were face to they face. They face. Were I saw really the video clip. They are face to face. Grand. They yeah, are face to face. Fine. He'll be. I'm sure Jamie George will be fine. He's meant to be a great bloke, so I'm sure he'll be fine with the whole yeah. thing. And he won't try and stick the boot in or the clubs. You'd hope Saracens don't try and stick the boot in because, look, I'm sure they have a bit of ill will about feeling like the world's against them after this season. But he's not the guy to be taken out on. Yeah. No. Definitely mm. not. Um, and then John Cooney, another unbelievable performance. Like. It's You're welcome. Yeah, I know. Whenever we have him on, <laughs> every time I, f- I feel more and more vindicated. Yeah, look, he's an excellent rugby player, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's in the form of his life. Like, be really interesting to see the little shifter like that. That's just stuff coming off for you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But he finished it off. Like, even the step was was really good at the end. I thought. Yeah. Well, it's what we were saying last week. It's kind of like when you're he's in this zone where like everything he's trying is coming off. Like all the bounces. He's fully committed to yeah. everything he's doing. Mm. All the bounces coming up like yeah. his it's, way, but it's funny, isn't it? I always think those players because it's it's uh, sorry, and this isn't a comment on him. I'm just this is sorry because I feel like this could easily be con, 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 uh, construed construed as, as a comment on him. It's really not. It's just a general comment. I remember, I always remember some of the best advice I always got was like the simplest advice, and some of the players. I remember I was like watching some players, and I'm thinking, like that's not a smart play, but. And and like I know that guy. I know like you play against players like you know they're not that smart a player, but they're just fully committed to things. Um, and I look at John and I think and uh, sorry, that's not to say he's not a smart rugby player because he's playing nine. He obviously is a smart rugby player, right? But it's sometimes it's the players that are the most committed to what they're doing are actually the best. They just completely one hundred percent are. They just see something, they do it, and that's it. They're all in. Um, and I see parts of that in his game at the moment. Look, he's playing smart rugby as well. Don't get me wrong. He's a smart rugby player. I just want to clarify that. You've but clarified. It's it's an, I just feel like yeah. it's going to be one of those things. No, it's an observation I've made throughout my career playing with different players who I was like, Jesus, I know he's not that bright or whatever, but geez, he's a brilliant player. And I feel like it's just because they're really committed to things because um, they haven't thought about all the bad shit that can happen when they do something wrong. Um, but yeah, he's playing brilliantly. And I think, look, as well, the environment he's in, they're playing very well. I think yeah. Billy Burns is playing well. I feel like lots of the decisions Another I saw. Another guy in the uh, in the stock take midseason stock take. Yeah, and like I look at I look at lots of things that are going on. They they're making good decisions, but the pack is where I feel like the real difference for Ulster is this this season. I think if you look at the acquisitions, which I go on and on about, but they made them they're very astute. It means you can go away to places like, uh, you know, uh, the stoop and actually come away with a result because you're in the game all the time. And um, you look at that in previous seasons. Like, if your backs make good decisions because you're in the game, and I thought the backs made lots of good decisions and played well, um, they actually beat them quite comfortably. Mm. And in previous seasons, that might have been a really... The team had to play brilliantly. Everyone had to play brilliantly for them to come away with, like, a tight win. But that's the difference for me with Ulster this season. Mm. That when, the, when the pack play well, and, the, and they're always in it, even if they're not playing well, but when they play well, they actually beat beaten teams well. Yeah, they're in a, a kind of a... There's a great platform there, Will. Yeah, they're in a slightly unfortunate situation in the sense that despite all their wins, like they basically have to win in Claremont or else they're going to be away in the quarterfinals to a French team, it looks like. So they would take their next game is Claremont. Claremont they, they put 40 before, um, uh, at, was it halftime, 40 nah, points? They, yeah, bat, they we're not in bat, we're not no interested. Interest, yeah, yeah, no interest. It's um, a shame, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's one of my things before we finish up. Like uh, The competition in general, I feel, this year. Uh, hang on, let's, yeah, the ultra thing, That'll be a real litmus test. Yeah. Like I, I would be look, I still think that's a really tough place to go. Um 
but I think they're well, they're capable of, of nicking something there. That, that's not the fortress it used to be. Yeah. It's becoming like that again, but it's not quite what it was. Remember when the, when the in yeah, the Rougeries and the yeah. Malzieu? They and need all those the win guys. though there to get the top spot. Exactly, yeah. and and look, I think they're capable of doing it, but I would say more than likely it'll be a tight one. Yeah, no, I think it'll be tight. I think I can see them getting a losing bonus. Their defense maybe. and their pack are better, so you should they should be it should yeah. be a tight game if they play well. Yeah, no, definitely. And as yeah, just I was going to say there, the competition in general. I know we talked about when Bernard Jackman was in a few weeks ago about the kind of the, where it's going, and even since then, it's kind of gotten even worse in terms of teams like you know resting wholesale amount of players. It's a box team. Like isn't besides it? the Irish, te- like we said it before, besides the Irish teams and Exeter, you know m- maybe Claremont as well and Toulouse, like like. As I said, like there's probably twelve teams in this who would just have no interest, or ten, admit, uh, definitely ten anyway. Like. I think it's yeah, it's a stinker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like it's this stinker. year, and it's like you know, it always turns into like us against the English teams, like but it, like the English teams, like you know, Bath, Sale, Quinns, like Gloucester, all these teams, and even Northampton against Leinster, like so, but like they've all you know just basically thrown in the towel, even though Gloucester are still in. With a, sh- a shout, even though they lost yeah. three matches, but like they've all been like resting all their big guns pretty much for. for it com- I suppose it, it's it's. Do you know what I do find a bit weird about it is that I I wonder is the Premiership uh, is it actually a good thing to have a relegation battle? Yeah, well, like it, because most of those clubs in Division One actually can't. They they actually don't have the capacity in their so no, Like I remember a few years, Doncaster I think were pretty close to winning it but they actually didn't have the capacity in the stadium to actually be in the Premiership or they didn't, you know. So you're kind of saying like, well, what's the actual point? about ring fencing it because there's only really one team in the Championship. They did, you, but you could have an extra team in the competition and mm-hmm. just remove that worry for, yeah. for, for teams, you know. I don't know. It seems, and like in the, in, look, Pro D2 is probably a little bit different because you've had a few teams that have come up and actually have been able to get the investment and stay up. Yeah. So and there's that some might famous be teams there. in France as well. Like uh, Beer yeah. you couldn't cut, across, cut off like Beer But they're talking about amalgamating with, yeah. uh, who is it? Uh, La yeah. Was it La Rochelle? Who's the? Bayonne. Uh, Bayonne. Sorry, yeah. Bayonne. But you have me. your Perpignans and your Beer Ritz. Like they're, too big to just cut adrift from a top league. But completely like, accept that. But yeah. in England, yeah, maybe. But it's just a shame of the European Cup because obviously, like, could you imagine, say, if it was a year where, you know, the Irish teams weren't doing, you know, it would just be like, what would the tournament be if it was? If it was? I'm worried about it, Will. Yeah, same. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's much energy from lots, of, like the, the, the English teams gave up really quick. Yeah. Like after three rounds, like some of them even after two rounds. It's like once they got one bad result, they were saying, "Well, look, there's a good chance we might qualify here." But yeah. like that's that's I don't know, and I feel like lots of your young players and 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 you know your up and comers who are parts of those you know pretty good teams when they have their first first team out, they're like they're just they've no interest. They just feel like it's like a complete box ticker. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. Like it's it's very disappointing. Well, it's interesting. They're kind of talking about some potential changes. I saw there was an article in the Guardian yesterday where one potential change is to cut it to 18 teams so the top six in each league qualify and to have six groups of three teams which I wouldn't be a fan of three team groups I just don't I don't like what's the what's yeah like you play I think each team twice home and away and then they also want to have home and away semi-finals so like a two-legged semi-final so you play that could be good that fun. could be good that yeah. could be really good fun and it would also take the kind of I still feel at semi-final stage like Leinster in particular have way too much of an advantage playing in the Aviva which is a de facto home ground that they can just say it's not their home I know it's the RDS is there. you know Leinster feel out of any team in the competition have a bigger home advantage in the semi-final it's meant to be like neutral home country it's like Dublin and uh, Croker exactly yeah, like that yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. Leinster are so familiar with the Aviva it is their home ground in effect their home away from home however you want to dress it up so yeah. this would like both make it more dramatic and for the instances like that where a certain team might have a, a very you know good home advantage without being at home yeah, but I think they definitely need to maybe tweak it because it's been 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. This is year six of the new Champions Cup and it hasn't really... Like, obviously, there's been some great moments like, you know, a couple of Irish teams doing really well, but I just feel like it's in a bit of flux and I think with CVC coming into the other leagues, I think the possibility of it just them just doing a British and Irish... You know, we talk about this as well, like a British and Irish league away from the European Cup is becoming greater because if this tournament continues to be half the teams not taken seriously, like... The French teams have been a bit of a mess for a while as well, but it's, you know, like if they, the teams they send to the away games, if they're not in the if they're not in the group, like yeah. they just send complete second teams, you know. But at least you have Claremont, Rassig and Toulouse who for the last couple... They seem to yeah. be taking it seriously and they have the resources to do that. Um, 
It is. I, I would agree with you. It seems like it is in a state of flux. I would be concerned about that. I would also be quite excited if there was some kind of league um, set up. But like, what do you do with like, say, the Italian? Like, you're trying to bring on more countries. Yeah. Like the, the the international is international. Sorry, is where the money is at in rugby. If you cut adrift a few teams that are kind of in development phase, and it looks like they've actually made some strides. If you look at Benetton and that, like, you know. Scotland you'd be a little bit worried about, but like Edinburgh and, and Glasgow have been pretty competitive consistently. Not playing great, but they're more competitive. Because yeah. um, usually had there was a period where you just like Glasgow and Edinburgh were terrible, but they're actually both pretty good now. Um, well, like you could cut... You I'd could, just be worried about those nations, well, Will. You like, could cut uh, the two South African teams and amalgamate the two English league and the Pro 14 would be two le- two divisions of 12 teams each. You could, so you could have two. So be, you could go up and go down between. Like the second division would still be pretty competitive. There'd be some good teams in it as well. Like you could, yeah, you could I have a top. Know. You could have a top flight. You know, Lions League, whatever you want to dress it up. Lions League plus the Italians, uh, and then a second division of it as well. Yeah, look, it's now is not the time to no. discuss the formation of it. But I think no. the idea isn't. I don't disagree with you on that. Like, and I don't like. I suppose it's important to address some of the concerns and some of the challenges that you would have with it. It'd be very exciting. I think if you were going for league matches over in like, and I think if you if the difference with the cup for them, like if if you actually had it in a league format, oh, I think it'd be like. Could you imagine going like there'd be some brilliant yeah, games away days and like well for like you you'd replace like zebra coming on a Friday night with like Leicester or Sale like you know which would be a lot brilliant yeah like Chris Ashton coming on a Friday night instead of you know. I don't want to name any. <laughs> I don't want to be mean to any players. The Ash Splash and the RDS. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's not not necessarily the worst idea. And like we do, I think. Look, let's let's just see how this thing pans yeah. out. We could get to quarterfinals. I mean, it might have a few great matchups. And once you're there, the teams are going to pick their first team. So like, look, the yeah. group stages always have. We always have this discussion about having an Italian team in your group, or you know, uh, the English and French teams maybe not picking their best teams for when it looks like they're kind of yeah. even when they're on the fence about getting in. They're kind of oh look, I'd rather just focus on the league at this stage. So we always have this discussion. Let's get to quarterfinals and, and maybe have a reassessment at that point because the excitement levels always build around that. Well, yeah, but like, sure. Obviously, the knockouts are going to be good. The best teams are there, but it's it's the rest of it. It's just six rounds of matches prior to that where you're kind of like, if a lot of it is a box ticking exercise, you're kind of like, what's the point? Like, maybe, but you could probably argue that about lots of stuff in the league. You know, yeah. uh, it only really hots up towards the end, anyway. Yeah, the Pro Fourteen doesn't really hot up at all. Yeah, well, sorry, the, the last couple of years, like, you've had a few different winners as well, that always yeah. helps, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Scarlets have been good, they look like they've gone back a little bit, like, the Welsh rugby now is in real, like, th- that's a, that's, that's Carlos said coach has gone back to the All Blacks, it looks like, as well, that's, that's a real challenge, by the way, the, um, the, the well, like, Welsh rugby, we haven't really discussed that in, ter- in the context of the league, uh, and the, the implications it has there, they're in a real mess. They are in a real mess, like you know, and they, there's no real team I can see that are really going to compete either. Um, and that's they're the other big, like, they're the other big country in this. Like if Wales aren't competing, you're mm. in big, big trouble for the quality of the tournament. It's literally the Irish teams. Mm. Well, last thing before we wrap up now, Connacht's great uh, come from behind, miracle win against Gloucester, Gloucester yeah. twenty-four fifteen down with like five minutes to go, two late tries, snatched a very dramatic win. Now they're probably they're still not going to qualify unless they, you know, they beat Toulouse in the sports ground and then go to Montpellier and win well. So, but they're still in the hunt. That matters, and but again, that matters. But, and if, but if you're talking about teams like throwing in the tail, like that's the this is the exact opposite. This is what you like to see from you know the majority of the teams fighting to the end, actually giving a damn, and you know not just kind of saying okay, we can't really we're, we're up against it in qualifying. Let's just pack it in. Yeah, look, that's a really difficult situation to be in. Um, you know, not much time left in the clock. Uh, you know, you need two tries, and they've gone ahead and done it. And like, even the offload at the end to, to get into the corner, like it was yeah. ballsy enough, you know. Um, and I think the squad it, it helps kick you on for even if you're not going to qualify, it kicks you on the league because you know you can do it in a tough circumstance, and you build real confidence and 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 particularly in the game plan as well because where they came to, they played from inside their own half um, to go and get the last try. So um, yeah, like I I think there's something that the English French teams can learn from that. No, definitely. It'd be interesting to monitor that over the last two uh, match days. In the meantime, Luke, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Everything, everything that could possibly <laughs> be covered in the rugby world this week. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, Will. And that's all we have time for this week on The Left Wing. We will be back next week with our final podcast before Christmas. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.